Good evening, everybody. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. Today's episode is about the post-COVID body. Did you gain weight during COVID? Did you experience some strange body pain? Did you try to occupy yourself with a new exercise regime or feed yourself a new diet scheme? We all did. It was quite a wild time, quite frankly, and it still is. There was many times we all mixed in a few who am I's with a healthy dose of what is life? Like what is actually happening right now? And it's continuing. So on today's episode, I just wanted to share some observations with you of what I've seen in the clinic working with people from before COVID, before I lived in Toronto, and then now in Vancouver, and now post-COVID. And there are some interesting trends that are starting to appear that I've witnessed with the different populations between those two cities. And now I'm going to try to provide some healthy tips because... Uh, There's a lot of confusion, a lot of pain, and then a lot of rehab that's being needed with with our our post-COVID bodies. So when I was first living in Toronto, there was a lot of people who would come in with neck pain, shoulder pain, mid-back pain, and it was because they were a little bit of a different paced community sitting at desks a little bit longer, a little bit more high stress, a little bit of a different nervous system, so to speak, where people were in their head a lot more, uh, not really connecting into nature. And then I moved to Vancouver, and most people didn't have neck pain or shoulder pain when I first moved here. They were coming in with hips, a lot of knee pain, ankle pain, and some low back, but usually from overuse or from um, mountain biking, hiking, marathon running, just a lot of uh, different types of activity. But since COVID's ended and during COVID, there has been a complete shift in people coming in with neck pain, shoulder pain, elbow pain, and uh, also wrist pain. It's quite fascinating. So now the Vancouver people are having the same type of pain patterns that the Toronto people used to have or still have. I haven't been there for a while. But it's been fascinating to watch. Hardly anybody now comes in with knee pain, ankle pain, or hip pain. Uh, If it's a hip pain, it's because they're now starting to get onto an exercise program or they're now starting to get back onto the mountains and their training is is picking up. So that's good. And this trend is actually so significant that one day, a couple of months ago, I had 12 people straight where everybody had right shoulder, right neck, and right elbow pain. Every single person. I thought it was a test. I thought I, I thought I was going to be on TV or some kind of crazy scheme was happening. I couldn't believe it. Every single person, 12 straight, right-sided neck, right shoulder, just above like in the traps, and then right medial elbow. It, it made for an easy day, but it was just pretty confusing. And the main cause is their workstation 
sitting on the couch with the laptop on the coffee table or sitting in bed with the laptop on their lap, which is terrible for their neck, or they're laying on the couch and their neck is completely um, flexed forward. There's very little break in the day and they're and their day is certainly not bookended like it historically was by commuting to and from work with a bit of a mild walk uh, to your parking spot or at lunch. So it's just this kind of situation where people are needing to now transition and um, work on their ergonomics at home if they're continuing to work at home or if they're doing their hybrid style of work environment where they're at the office three days a week and then they're back at home. But it's really important to understand that you have to try to find some way to bookend your day and and fit in some regular exercise so that you can give your body and your mind and your and your joints a break. And what this has been doing has the with the lack of activity the kind of craziness what what's been noticed by myself and a few colleagues is that people in general are in the worst shape they've ever been in the least active state they've ever been in and it's it's a part of the general population it's very similar to people going through surgery uh, with joint replacements, ligament repairs, or even after pregnancy with labor and trying to regain strength after having a baby. There's all kinds of things that the person has to kind of get used to again. The, they have to get used to cardiovascularly having such challenge of weightlifting or going for a jog again. People are often now coming into the clinic very discouraged by their pain they said they worked out they went to a new hit class an f45 class or um, some kind of boxer size class and they're trying to pick up the pace that they left off at in march of 2020 and they haven't really moved since then and it's not going to go very well and it clearly isn't so today i wanted to share with you some of the rebuilding and just to basically be a little bit more gentle with yourself in the process it's going to take about six to eight weeks of true rebuilding just like we would with people with after surgery or after pregnancy there's going to be some significant insecurities in your own body movement and in your mind there's going to be some weaknesses. So you, instead of grabbing that dumbbell or kettlebell uh, at the 25 pounds or 30 pounds or 15 pounds, start even lower. Start 5 pounds, 10 pounds. Um, there's going to be pain complaints from delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. That's going to linger for a multiple days over multiple sessions. Uh, there's going to be strange pain because there's going to be joint pain, tendon pain, muscle tendon pain. And then your movements are going to be awkward. You're going to feel uncoordinated when you're doing the step ups or box jumps or movements over top of the 
BOSU balls and all kinds of stuff. And there is going to be an absolute significant amount of mental warfare. My body is now jiggling this way. My arms are flapping in the wind that way. People are staring at me with my four chins as I'm grunting away trying to lift up these 15 pounds that I should easily be able to move. Um, I'm saying this in a lighthearted way, but this is actually what people are battling nowadays. It's, It's fascinating to watch because it is across the board. It is in all walks of life, all ages, and people are confused. And that's why I wanted to take today's episode and really share this, that the post-COVID body is a real thing. We have been more out of shape than we realized because when we were kids, we got to a certain level of activity. And that continued into teenage years where we played hockey, soccer, baseball. We, we, we were in gym class. Then we went into college and university where we still joined co-ed teams and, and worked through things. And we just had a base level of strength. But two years away from gyms for at least a solid year, away from groups and family events where you would play baseball or, or just throw balls or play together, uh, that has been missing. And so now we have to kind of rebuild. So I just want to give you some tools. So uh, first, we become good at the movements. Nice, slow, and controlled. We want to do the contractions um, in the contraction phase of like three seconds to extension of of two seconds or, or keep it simple, three and three. Just get comfortable moving again. Grab the lighter weights. And once you kind of get this slow, controlled core activation, um, get your eyes and your and your senses kind of dialed into what you want to do in your squats, in your lunges, in your curls, in your overhead lifting, in your rows, and, and uh, box jumps and movements and all kinds of things. Just go slow, take your time, and be gentle with yourself. Second, then we get a bit faster. Once we're a little bit more coordinated, once we're getting a little bit more strength and we're getting the strength endurance, we're not breathing so heavily, we're not getting too dizzy, we can then pick up the pace so we get a little bit faster with the movements. Then we become a pro. We just have fun with it. We get a better coordination we can change up the environment so the BOSU ball or go outside and, and um, play on the, on the beach or play on the grass or play anywhere that has a bit of a different environment, go on a nice trail run. Uh, this is going to challenge your brain. It's going to challenge your joints. There'll be a different type of soreness with this, but it's important to use that slow controlled movement after then you become coordinated and then and then change up the environment this will make you a pro and one key thing here is while you're going through this rehab process you're going to have to rebuild your integrity you're going to have to rebuild the integrity inside of yourself so look at yourself to get the validation don't be leaning on your partners or your friends for too much validation of like oh you did great today because oftentimes when we're going through this kind of uh, rebuilding phase, 
we're, we're all hypersensitive, extremely sensitive to the tones that people are saying, to the words that they're choosing. We'll get triggered and, and then possibly discouraged in the exercise programming that we, we hope to be regularly committed to. And then oftentimes then we're back on the couch. So again, during this short window of six to eight weeks of rebuilding, getting stronger, working through our pain, congratulate yourself, give yourself a pat on the back, clap for yourself like alone or if you're outside or in the gym, like just give yourself some positive feedback and that's going to help you get through that that next day. Um, the pain now specifically people are coming in like my shoulder hurts I, f- I think I pulled my traps I think I, I did something to my sh- my triceps or my back I- I've never experienced this kind of pain before um, from what I've seen generally over the last six to 12 months almost every person that walks in it it is that very consistent pain with with rebuilding with with growth with muscle growth with uh, joint capsule growth and and strengthening it's a it's a deeper ache pain it's um sometimes it's a little bit uh achier it's uh sometimes it's a little bit sometimes sharper for for short bursts of time um when you're activating the muscles, uh, some because that's the fascia. So the fascia is surrounding all muscles, tendons, joints, bones um, throughout the body. And it kind of keeps everything locked into compartments. And as we're kind of expanding that fascia, you'll get little zings of uh, sharp pain uh, occasionally. And it might feel like uh, you tore something, but just kind of test it out. Like get really comfortable in your pain, get comfortable in your body and test it out a little bit. Move that elbow, move the, the knee, uh, try the squats again, um, get the full range of motion and uh, try a few more reps and, and you'll see that it was just a, a short transient um, burst of pain. And... Um, as a personal experience, recently uh, after COVID, I couldn't really breathe for a significant period of time. So I got COVID almost initially, like March 2020. And every time I tried to work out, go for a jog, uh, and I was jogging regularly, I just couldn't breathe. I couldn't recover. It was taking days to recover. It was taking um, so much mental energy, physical energy out of me. And it wasn't until January of this year, 2022, that I was able to finally get rid of that labored breathing, the extreme fatigue. And I set out onto a serious path of losing weight, um, to get back into shape. I'm turning 40 in just under a year now. And I I had always wanted a long-term goal of being in a a general level of fitness by the time I get to 40. So I have lost now uh, over 28 pounds for this calendar year. And my strength is back to like what it was when I was 25. I started off doing uh, 150 
boxing workouts. Uh, I bought a heavy bag and gym equipment during COVID, but I wasn't really able to use it. So this time this year, I, I have been able to use it. I got through those 150 workouts and I set a goal to do that by the end of May. Um, so some of the days I was doing two a days and then in May as well, I had a client come in and he was telling me he was starting trail running. And so I started to build up some confidence with the boxing and some weightlifting. And this guy came in and he had just basically signed up for his first trail running uh, event. Uh, they call it a race, but now that I've done a number of them, it's more a trail running, let's just finish this thing. Uh, it's certainly not a race for where we're at except for racing against yourself um but it's a it's it's incredible it's uh it's an incredible high afterwards it's a really great community of people uh it was with the five peaks group so there was uh the race up at uh, alice lake and then over at golden ears mount seymour but that was canceled because there was too much snow this past um year so we went back to golden ears for a second time um, and then there was a race up at, uh, or event up at Cypress Mountain and then Whistler. And then another one I did, um, the Hallow's Eve uh, half marathon. Uh, it was awesome. But so the first one, oh, there was only two weeks to train for it. And I thought, you know what, if I can get through the boxing workouts and some running around the neighborhood I'll be able to run on this uh this path no big deal I was so incredibly humbled by this uh trail event uh that I ran it and there was only like about 400 meters of elevation and I say only because now we've gone into some events and um done some tra some training where I've done over 1700 meters of of uh, elevation change but the next week I thought my calves had been ripped in half every day I, I kept I was at work I was walking to the car I was I could be helping bathe the kids and I'm staring at my calves like I I think these things are are completely ripped but what it was was just the lengthening of the muscles. Um, it was the lengthening then and stretching of the tissue. And so after about four days of, of thinking I had torn something, I did exactly what I'm kind of encouraging you guys to do, test it out. So I tried to go for a jog, and, and I did go for a jog. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try to run for about three minutes and started that process. And by the end of the third minute, I could tell like, oh, okay, I can keep going here. It's sore, but I can keep going. I kept pushing it. Got to five minutes. Yeah, I can keep going. And by about seven or eight minutes, the pain was gone. And then I, I could go for another like 20 or so. Um, so I, I learned there the amount of delayed onset muscle soreness there was, the amount of pain there was in pushing those muscle spindle fibers to, to lengthen again and the fascia again. 
And I had kind of done that before about a decade ago after being in school and uh, burning out a bit and again, gained weight, a ton of weight. And I started slow, uh, not with running, but with weight training where, uh, I had to just start with like one push up and one sit up a day. Like I had no motivation, but, and then the second day I did two push ups and two sit ups and got back into, uh, about over three months, a decent amount of like strength again. But again, that was quite painful physically. Um, but I, I've learned that we we do need to push ourselves through this pain. It we can do that with uh, our our mental courage. Uh, we can do that with um, some support. So keeping the muscles nice and warm, rubbing like a five three five or uh, menthol, different um, creams like the Lakota creams, like on the muscles before the activity, just to try to help with some of the pain sensation and then uh, doing the hydrotherapy after. So I like to do uh, a one to three ratio or a one to two ratio of cold to hot, um, 10 minutes cold to, to 20 minutes warm. And uh, you can alternate doing that. Uh, you can do it obviously easier with uh, some of the rivers around here. So it's great to just to jump in the river after your uh, or body of water after you've been um, exercising to help uh, push out that lactic acid. The biggest concern with pain is going to be the night pain. Um, all the other pain can be managed. We can manage the the other styles of pain with uh, nerve flossing, uh, which is moving the nerves um, through different levels of tension as they pass through the muscles. So if you think about a, a cord or you think about washing your vehicle, the vehicle, the hose goes from the, the house to, the, to your spray handle. And when you're washing your vehicle and you're walking around the vehicle, sometimes that hose gets caught on the tire and you're pulling in, it's tugging, and it, 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 the water is changing, and you can't get it around. So if you think that that hose is the nerve inside of your body, and then the tire could be a bone or it could be a muscle that's uh, tense pulling on that nerve. And so what we want to do is floss and move that hose around the tire. Just internally, we want to move that nerve around the bone or around the muscle and through the muscle and there's specific patterns you could easily just google and youtube um, if you have front of your hip pain uh, you've got your femoral nerve Uh, if you've got back of the shoulder pain uh, you've got your radial nerve or uh, down into the thumb if you're if you're getting pain into the thumb like the tingling of numbness that's the radial nerve. If it's into the pinky finger, that's going to be your ulnar nerve. Uh, if it's into the foot, the top of the foot, that's going to be your perineal nerve. And if it's into the bottom of the foot or back of the calf, that's going to be your posterior tibial nerve. And you just type those in. Uh, posterior tibial nerve floss is an awesome floss. Femoral nerve floss. You, these can also be used to warm up before activity. 
The other thing that we're going to be doing is um, strengthening um, in mobility in the complete active range of motion. That's going to help with the pain as well uh, because it's going to not only floss these nerves, it's going to be opening up um, the muscle tendon junctions. It's going to be bringing more blood flow into all ranges of motion, uh, which will help lubricate everything um, and the synovial fluid. So this, uh, all of your tendons are supported to decrease friction by synovial fluid. So by moving through the full range of motion, so full squats or or arm circles, that's going to be moving the synovial fluid through the joints and making it nice and warm and nice and loose. The other thing that we can do is nutrition. So there's some amazing nutritional support that we can have for pain management. The number one thing for anti-inflammatory pain management is going to be curcumin. Curcumin is an awesome um, component from turmeric. Uh, it's going to be absorbed and it's actually nature's strongest anti-inflammatory. I put it into the Brain Evolve product uh, that helped support uh, concussion treatments and uh, rehab after concussions. Um, and it's key. It's key with people with arthritic conditions. It's key with people uh, going through these kind of rehab processes. Um, so I would definitely recommend an anti-inflammatory kind of supplement you can even add the turmeric uh, into your meals. Uh, the other thing that you could do, I really like bone broth or um, any kind of broths uh, with high levels of minerals. That's going to help hormone production. It's going to help with uh, reduction of inflammation, and it's going to support the muscles, the ligaments, everything that keeps every, uh, your, your body nice and strong the minerals are really going to support that function. So that's uh, one major key. So again, nerve flossing, full mobility and strength through the complete active range of motion and nutrition. Like those, uh, I said before in the uh, other podcast, uh, I think it was uh, number five, uh, align, nourish, and strengthen. Uh, this is going to help you um, with your pain complaints it's going to help you with your rehab process and rebuilding through the post-covid body and the next part that's going to work um, for our mental warfare is treat yourself treat yourself to an, uh, a couple new workout outfits um, make yourself look good uh, I worked with um, Danny Heatley when I was with the Ottawa Senators. Him and I would kind of say this to each other before every game. Look good, feel good, play great. So if you're, if you're dressed how you want to dress, if you're, you're feeling good inside, you'll feel good, and, that, and then you'll play great. So whatever activity you're doing, play great. Look good, feel good, play great. Uh, that's one thing I took um, from Danny Healy. It was... It always kind of stuck with me, and when I'm not feeling my best, I'll try to get back to thinking about that. And then when you are going through your strengthening exercises, keep challenging and confusing your brain. So one set of exercises will I suggest to do upper body and then a lower body and then cross body. 
I like to do this because people will often, especially now post-COVID, I've been doing a little bit more of the exercise regimes with people uh, because we have to get back to such a uh, foundational place in their rehab process and in their um, pain-free active daily living where uh, oftentimes people are just doing like an upper body day and a lower body day. But because the the brain and the body have kind of forgotten how to move in sync, the the traps are kind of being overloaded if you're just sticking to an upper body day or your low back is getting overloaded and those muscles are going into spasm and causing more pain and more hesitation and discouraging more people. So I'm suggesting to do the upper body exercise followed by a lower body exercise to, to blend the two and then a cross body movement pattern. Um, it doesn't have to be, again, a lot of weight, but just get your sets and reps going. Change up the various sets and reps. Um, we want to increase the muscle endurance right now before the hypertrophy. So hypertrophy is the classic like 10 sets, 10 reps, lift as heavy as you can. But first we want to get those nice, slow, easy movements and the aerobic capacity. So the sets are going to be three or four sets. The reps are going to be 12, 15, 20 reps. Um, just again, get the body moving. And then you're going to want to mix in cardio days as well. Cardio, I would suggest a stationary bike and kind of burn your your mental um, chatter out. Get, um, that's going to happen after about 45, 60 minutes, at least once a week. Try to go for a 90 minute or even like a two hour ride. Just light work, uh, not a lot of resistance. Put some podcasts or episodes on your phone. Uh, just sit there on the bike and just really kind of push yourself through that. It'll it'll help. Um, the best thing would be is is your own personal music, the your best playlist. That's going to help you get through those longer cardio days, and that's really going to help endorphin release and and uh, uh, help with the joint lubrication. The next, uh, we really want to fuel our bodies. So like I said, with the nourishing side, so a little bit more detail here with fueling your body. People have been asking, like, what's your favorite pre-workout? What pre-workout should I do? What, how much water should I drink? Truthfully, you don't need a pre-workout. Like, just keep it simple, smart. You don't need a, a pre-workout. Just some, some water. Uh, you don't need all the electrolytes. You don't need all the extra hydration packs and all that. Just, again, keep it simple, smart, the KISS technique. Um, so what I'm suggesting and what I've found a lot of benefit personally with is get in four to six liters of water a day. Really hyperhydrate. It's not going to challenge anything, but it's going to benefit your liver and your kidneys to detox everything that we've been consuming, all the extra stress we've been holding on to. Four to six liters of, of water a day is all you're going to need um, for your pre-workout and post-workout and your day. You're going to feel awesome. You might pee a lot initially for a while, but after that, 
after the first week or so, uh, it's going to your your body's going to be able to handle it. Your ba- your bladder and your kidneys will adapt, and um, your skin will get better. Your hair will um, be better. Your joints will feel a lot more loose. Uh, you'll really feel the benefit of that level of hydration. And then um, into specifics about well, Matt, like how many carbs should I eat? How much protein should I eat? What's the timing of all this stuff? You always generally want to eat within an hour or so after working out, after significant exercise. Um, But don't stress yourself out too much with it. Uh, We want to measure uh, for carbs if you're looking to trim some pounds. Um, The calculation is one to four grams per kilogram of fat-free mass for carbs. How do you calculate fat-free mass? Like, what is that? So fat-free mass is is generally uh, 18 to 28% for people. Uh, if you've got, like, those, like, extra 10 or 15 pounds, you're probably going to be on the higher end. So take your weight and just take that percentage off. Um, for easy math, if you weigh 100 pounds uh, and you're at, Twenty uh, percent. Your 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 calculation is going to be um, one to four grams per kilogram at eighty pounds. So uh, pretty easy to do. Obviously, there are very few people who are a hundred pounds. Certainly after COVID, but uh, it's just that that's the calculation and. You can share that. You can Google it too. Uh, So one to four grams per kilogram of fat-free mass for carbs for weight loss. And then for protein intake, it's going to be 0.8 to 1 grams per kilogram of fat-free mass for protein. Keep it simple. One gram per kilogram of fat-free mass for protein. Uh, Easy to do. You can get how much is in... uh, different foods so a chicken breast is going to be about 15 grams uh an egg is going to have six to eight grams of uh, protein per egg you're going to have steak around like yeah 18 or so uh salmon is like 12 to 15 grams of protein per serving um people are asking like well what about protein shakes and all that kind of stuff honestly you don't even need any of that stuff it's uh, usually hyper-processed. Uh, the whey proteins usually cause so many issues with people's um, digestive tracts, um, all the extra sweeteners and all that kind of stuff. Just keep it simple. Whole food, eat the rainbow, um, use all the different colors. You're going to get the protein. Don't overstress about it. And um, just kind of enjoy the meals that you want to have. Uh, and then a couple more things here before we close up, uh, active rest. So always be moving your body when you're sore. If you're getting those like serious delays, you feel like you can't walk down the stairs, just get outside, go for a walk, get onto a stationary bike and flush it out. Just keep your body moving. Um, try a few more squats or lunges, uh, everything will be beneficial some home rehab things that you can do too you can do some foam rolling you can do some 
of the hydrotherapy at home, so hot and cold showers. Uh, you can use a tennis ball or a golf ball or anything to like roll out some sore spots and just kind of sit on it. Be a bit of a bear. You can put the ball on the wall and just kind of roll out your mid-back. Oftentimes, um, people will get sore through there, especially what I said with this new um, these new pain complaints. Um, just in between the shoulder blades, just kind of lean against the wall on a tennis ball is going to help significantly. And then um, some contraindications. So people, it's funny because people are always saying, oh, my shoulder hurts, what stretch should I do? My back hurts, what stretch should I do? Uh, typically, anatomically, the place of pain is where the nerve is getting stretched. And you do not want to stretch it out. It might feel good for a few moments, but then if you're monitoring it, that pain gets worse. So if you're getting kind of that low back pain, you actually want to to stretch out the front of the hips and then strengthen the back. Uh, you So you want to strengthen, um, which is the opposite thinking of where you're getting the pain complaint. So you want to kind of contract into that side and stretch out the opposite side. So if you're getting kind of upper shoulder pain on the back side, you're going to want to strengthen the back and stretch out the chest. And typically, again, for the low back pain or hip pain, uh, you're going to want to stretch out the front of the hips and then strengthen the back. And you can do that easily with some... Uh, some glute bridges um, or the good mornings, kind of like a modified deadlift is, is going to help support the glute activation and hamstrings because the front of our hips are so tight from sitting down for so long. And then lastly, measure progress, not perfection. Measure progress, not perfection. Give yourself a pat on the back and actually clap for yourself. Actually be grateful for the effort that you put in that day for that activity. And be gentle through the process because every day you get out there, it's going to get a little bit easier. The mental warfare is going to slow down a little bit. It's going to get a little quieter and you're going to get more comfortable as you move through those movements from slow to faster to becoming a pro. Measure progress, not perfection. Thank you. That is the bottom rock.